Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of the Second Cup Show. I This is where we get together to make peace with being human. And today, I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest, Jess Lee Hanna. Jess is a friend of mine on the online community, and I first met Jess when she became a contributor to the Truly Co. magazine, and she is a much beloved contributor to our team. Uh, Everything that she writes is pure gold, and when a couple weeks ago, Jess reached out to me after I had written a post on prayer, she said, I have a lot to say about prayer. Can I please come on to your show? And I said, absolutely. And so I am thrilled to be sitting down for this conversation with Jess. She is uh, so spirit-filled and prayer-led, and I can't wait to hear what wisdom she has to share with all of us today. So Jess, thank you so much for coming on to this show. And before we get started um, digging into prayer, can you just tell us a little bit about, about you? Yes, thank you for letting me invite myself on here. So anytime, anytime. Uh, yeah. So uh, my name is Jess. I live in Washington State, and um, I have been going on this topic of prayer for a couple of years now, and have been so excited what God has taught me from the way I used to view prayer to where I'm at now. And anytime we get to talk about prayer, I'm just very excited about it. So, so. When you read the um, the post that I had shared, or I think I said something about prayer on Instagram, and what made you jump at wanting to come on and talk about prayer? What was it? What is the thing that you most want people to know about prayer? I so I read your Substack like first thing in the morning, like I wasn't even out of bed yet. And I was reading this, and like this is exciting. We need to talk about this because you had so many thoughts that reminded me of where I was a couple of years ago, and I didn't know how much good stuff was on the other side of that wrestling with. Prayer feels boring. Prayer feels kind of forced. It feels like we're supposed to do it, but I don't really enjoy it, mm-hmm. and. I, I just, I got this sense and, and maybe, maybe my sense was not completely correct, but like there was just kind of this struggle with prayer. Like it was just something you were wrestling with. And I had wrestled with it for so long that I'm always excited when I can say it's worth the wrestling because God has so much, um, there's like so much intimacy on the other side of it, but we have to develop those faith muscles and God is not disappointed or discouraged when we have questions um, and he invites those questions and it's that process of getting to know God through, I don't know, wrestling. That's, I don't know. I just kept coming back to wrestling is I don't understand this. So I'm just going to go around and around with God until it makes sense. And God's like, I'm here. I'm here. I got you. We'll go around and around until it makes sense. So I, I love what you're talking about with wrestling because just a couple of weeks ago, um, our pastor did a whole a whole service on or a whole sermon on Jacob and talking about him wrestling with God and mm-hmm. how first of all Jacob really wasn't the most savory of characters like he definitely had some serious character flaws um which is encouraging to me um and second of all how God kind of welcomed him to 
engage in this struggle and he um he blessed him at the end of this struggle and when i've read this story of jacob wrestling all through the night with god in the past i've been like it doesn't really seem like his place to wrestle with god and it doesn't seem like he should be allowed to say like i'm not letting go of you until you bless me um but i think that that is a misunderstanding that I've kind of carried with me up until now about the way, the ways that we can and can't interact with God and come to God. And I'm so excited to hear more about what you're talking about with how on the other side of this struggle is this intimacy, because I think for myself, but also a lot of other people we have it within us, this desire to um, to come to God and to be intimate with God. And we don't know how to engage in this struggle. And we don't know how to get to that side of intimacy, even though we want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and have have you ever read The, the Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer? I've heard of it. I don't know if I've read that one, though. Okay. If I did, it was a long time ago. Okay. Well, I have it in this book of three um, Tozer books. And I actually talked about this on the last podcast. So people are going to be like, okay, Deidre, we get it. We get it. But this, I read that the pursuit of God um, right before, like right before the new year. And that was one of the things that had really prompted me to, be like, okay, there is so much, there's an abundance of intimacy available here with God, and I'm tired of missing out on it. And that this book kind of helped me realize that it's time to engage in the struggle to get to the other side. So can yeah. you t- tell us a little bit about how somebody who might be in my position um or who even is feeling like, what does it even mean to struggle with God? What does intimacy with God even look like? Can you tell us where somebody might start? Like, what should they do? What should we do? Yeah, I'm glad that you brought up the story of Jacob, because I actually just posted about that on Instagram yesterday that Jacob wrestled with God. And um, one of the things that I realized is depending on the type of like parent child relationship you grew up with, if you're not, if you were not allowed to challenge authority and live, um, you're, you often take that into your relationship with God. Like if the parents say, this is what happens and you don't question it, you're like, okay, well now you're an adult. You don't have parents that you're like submitting under anymore, but you do have God as your father. You do have God as an authoritative figure. And so now when we're wrestling with what we understand of him and we don't like that, um, we can either try to push him off to the side or we can try to wrestle through it. But if we think that wrestling is arguing and arguing is bad and then God doesn't like us, that's a huge, like, um, say stumbling block, but we trip over it. Right. And when you realize that God's people have always wrestled with the things of God and God allows it. I mean, even Job, you see that his friends who are not very helpful, they're like, well, obviously 
you have done something so wrong that the God of the heavens is cursing you. And he's like, if I did something wrong, let God come down here and tell me himself. You know, if I did this terrible sin, you know, take me to court. And I think some people are like, oh, Job is so brazen. I think God kind of liked it, though, because if you notice, after his friends stopped blathering on, that's when God comes out of, out, and he's like, do you see my servant Job? Maybe he will pray for you, and maybe I will you know, forgive your offenses. I think he was pleased that Job was like, I know who I am before God. I know I can go, call God to the table, and he can take it because he's that big. And I think sometimes we think that our big questions and our big concerns and the big hangups in life are too big for this big God. And God's like, I'm big enough. I can take it. And um, it took me a while to get to that point. It took me a while to realize God was not disappointed with my questions. God was not disappointed or discouraged by the ways that I had misunderstood his character. And it's actually in the wrestling through that where God's like, and that's what you've been hung up on for these past 10 years. And that's the lie that you've been leaving about, been believing about me for this past whatever. Um, and I've, I've heard even in like the, the deconstruction world, sometimes it's the process of going through your beliefs with God that God's like, aha, that's where you were off track. And this is where I can guide you back. And um, so, yeah, so the wrestling, the wrestling is an important part. It's just like when you're getting to know somebody and if you or like with your spouse, if you don't argue it out with them, sometimes you, you don't actually make progress and you both just end up in two different places, but it's that I'm going to go over this way and you're going to come over this way and we're going to find a way to meet in the middle. And it's always God is so committed to our growth and committed to us understanding his character that he's in it for the long haul. So he, he doesn't mind that we go round and round. He does not mind that we're stubborn. He can out stubborn us. Like he'll just, he'll just wait. And then I don't know. And then this light bulb goes off and you're like, Oh, okay. You are good. So you mean I was hung up on something that wasn't true about you because you are still good. Like you are still faithful. You are still loyal. And you, you let me go round and round until you pulled that piece out. That was not of you. So. So you talked a lot about like what this wrestling, right? Like the, these bringing these questions to God, what would it, look like like what does how could you explain like what a wrestling match would look like for somebody like so somebody has gotten to the point that they're like okay i have this really big question for god for example um this one i think would be relatable for a lot of people like this is something that i have wrestled with myself and i think other people would relate to it like my mother-in-law um died of cancer a couple of years ago. And um, we all prayed for her like crazy, right? And the Bible says, you know, if you ask it in my name, you can consider it done. And we asked it in his name and she died, right? Um, That is a really hard thing. And I don't believe that God is scared of us asking him about that. Um, so it say somebody like myself or somebody in a very similar situation, because I think a lot of us have prayed for somebody that we love and then they haven't been healed this side of heaven. Mm -hmm. Um, 
if somebody had something that big and that um, emotionally charged and that heartbreaking to bring to God, and they finally got to the point where they felt like they could at least wrestle with him about it, what could it practically look like for them to engage with God on this? Like, how would they go about this? What could that prayer, that wrestling match look like? Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Um, my mother-in-law died about five, six years ago and my aunt died a couple of years. Like it's, it's, I get it. I've, I've prayed those prayers and those weren't the ones that got answered the way I wanted him to answer them. Um, I'm going to back up one step though. And so we, you have, you have prayer as, I don't know. I grew up with it. Prayer is us talking to God, right? Like that is, that is part of prayer, but another part of prayer is God talking to prayer is us talking to God. Prayer is also God talking to us. And I think when we don't understand that it is a conversation, then we kind of go into vending machine mode of God. I put my coins in. You didn't give me the snack. Right. And God, I put more coins in and I should have gotten more snacks. And one of the things that consistent prayer does teach is, and this is something that God was very clear with me on is that I was approaching prayer as seeking God's hand. And he's like, yeah, but prayer is also for seeking my heart. And um, because we do live in a world that still has the effects of sin, the consequences of sin, um, people do still die. People do still get sick. My dad has leukemia right now. And it's a, you know, a type that he could very well die from. And we're, we're praying that he doesn't and there's treatments available that hopefully he won't. But um, when you're talking about what, how can, what does that wrestling look like? A lot of it is just being honest with God of God, you say you're good. And my loved one dying from cancer is not a good thing. So how do I put those two pieces together? And what I've learned is it's not that the pieces always fit together, but that they coexist. So them dying of cancer is not good. And God is still good. And God still walks with us through, you know, the valley of the shadow of death. And he doesn't always tell us why those things happen. And I think um, sometimes he does. I mean, there's, there's things that I've realized after people have died. I'm like, oh, you know what? They actually had a lot more, like when my aunt died, she had other health conditions that I didn't know about. And it was actually merciful for God to take her when he did, because the way her health would have continued would have only been more and more painful. And I had to accept like, she is in a better place and I, I wouldn't want her back here suffering. Um, but the, the wrestling has to be honest. It has to be us saying, God, this is what I think of you. I don't like this. I don't like that you did this. And I feel like I'm still supposed to praise you and be joyful. And I don't feel joyful. And you're wrestling with your the expectations. And I think God gets us to a point, a point of like, are those his expectations of us? Are these just expectations we put on ourselves? Are we, are we supposed, do we, do we expect ourselves to just feel happy all the time? And sometimes life isn't happy. I mean, when my dad was diagnosed with leukemia, like it was a rough month and there was not a lot of happy moments. And there was a lot of like anxiety and fear and waking up every morning, like, God, how the heck am I going to do this? But because I know God's character, I know he walks with that 
through that with me. And um, sometimes God uses those situations. And, and I want to say uses, not, not like he tries to <laughs> hurt people and say, oh, I'm going to teach you a lesson by, you know, knocking one of your family members out. Like he, not like that. But while God is good, he is also restoring everything that is broken and um, in pieces. And so sometimes he heals people the way we want when he when we want. Sometimes he heals them through taking them to be with him and they have a new body. And so they that prayer has been answered for healing, but not the way that we wanted. So um, I, I remember one friend when her mom died, she said she went outside the hospital and just like threw rocks at the sky. And she was just so angry because her mom was her best friend and she just didn't know how God could do this. And she said something that stuck with me. And she's like, yeah, so I'm throwing rocks at God, but God never threw the rocks back. And I don't think a lot of us know that we are allowed to be angry with God. And that anger brings us into a place of honesty. Because when we are angry with God, we're not sinning. I mean, I guess you could, you can sin in your anger towards God, but most of us, it's a, it's a feeling. God has given us our feelings. God has given us our emotions and we are able to use them in our relationship with him too. Like when I get angry at my husband, it's usually because in this moment, I felt like I wasn't loved. He still loves me, but I had to, I had, I have to go and I fix that with him. I have to say, Hey, I know you love me, but I didn't feel loved. And I have to reconcile what I feel with what is true. And that's the same with us and God is I know that you are good. I know that you are faithful. I know that you want our best, but I don't think this looks like my best. <laughs> I don't think this looks good. I don't think this looks nice. I don't think this looks kind. And real often though, if we are not willing to get to that point when we are honest and give everything into that space, we're kind of limiting God to heal those misconceptions and those presuppositions that we have if we don't bring it all into him. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And I love what you said about how ang being angry is not a sin. And I think that so many of us believe that we have to be positive. We have to always just assume that everything is working together for our good. So we just say that we think that even if we don't think that, right? Um, and I think that we fear that we will not be um, good Christians or that people will doubt our faith if we actually admit that we are angry with God um, or that we are doubting God, doubting our faith. Um, and I just, I just have a real heart for letting people know that God is not just like you were saying, he is not mad at us for feeling those things. What he wants more than ever, I think, is for us to not turn away from him because we feel those things, mm -hmm. because we're ashamed or because we're afraid, but instead um, to allow those to be the things that keep drawing us to him um, mm -hmm. and crying out to him, right? Like as long as we're in his presence, he can transform us, but we can also make an active choice to, I mean, we're, he's always in our presence, but we can make an active choice to just kind of like keep turning, turning, turning away from him and hardening mm -hmm. our hearts. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've done a lot of thinking in the past year about how 
keeping our hearts soft. That is the way that um, God is able to talk to us. I can't remember where it is in the Bible, but um, Jesus is, he's talking, maybe you can help me out. Um, He's talking to somebody, maybe it's the Pharisees and he's trying to, he's trying to teach. Oh, he's talking about um, the, you know, the soil, right? The good soil, Mm -hmm. the bad soil, the rocky soil, whatever. And um, he's talking about how the, the people who have hardened their hearts, those are the ones who are not on good soil. No fruit can come from them because their hearts are hard. And mm-hmm. when their hearts are hard, there's not um, the same ability for intimacy with God. And he can't mm-hmm. see us in the same way if we have just totally shut down. And mm-hmm. so I think better to be soft and angry and full of questions and doubts than to be hard and shiny and happy and smiling. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's and and he wants to heal the broken things. And when we're like, I'm not broken. He's like, well, I guess you don't need healing. I mean, he's not that sarcastic, but like if you go to the doctor and you're like, Oh, Hey, this is a problem, but you don't actually show them the extent like if you have a rash and you're like oh i just have a rash like on my on my hand you treat the hand like god wants to see the whole picture right and if you have a rash everywhere on your body and you don't tell the doctor that you're it's almost like you're not expecting full healing and when we say well i didn't really like this but you're not willing to tell god and i also hate you and i think you suck right now that you could invite god into that space where he can be like oh let's talk about this why why do you why do you hate me why do you do you hate do you hate me because you think I'm bad. Well, let's talk about that. Look at my character. Like I am always for my people. I am always doing things that are good. I never do things that are evil. And yet evil exists. I am not that evil. Like I'm not that source of evil, right? Like I I found a passage. I want to say it's Isaiah the other day. And when it was um, he was talking about child sacrifices and he's like, it would have never even entered my mind to ask you to do that because I don't think evil thoughts. Like, like evil never enters my mind. And um, so again, it, we, we have to give God the chance to speak up for himself. And sometimes that's through reading scripture. And sometimes that's just through honest prayer and saying, God, this doesn't make sense. Help make it make sense. Make the math math. <laughs> so, and he does. And, and you've, I mean, you've, you've talked a little bit already in our conversation about how prayer is not just us talking to God and talking at God, but also listening because God is speaking back to us. It's a conversation. Um, It's Mm -hmm. a being togetherness. And so Mm -hmm. before we started recording today, you were telling me a little bit about how there was a time in your life, like a significant time when you realized that, oh my word, we can actually hear God's voice too. We can actually Ah. hear him speaking to us too. Can you tell us a little bit about that time in your life and also how maybe we can discern whether when we're in prayer, we're hearing God's voice or how we can hear his voice more clearly. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah, so I grew up just thinking that prayer was talking to God. You wanted something, you prayed about it. Somebody was sick, you prayed for them. And it was kind of this toss-up of like, yeah, he might answer, he might not answer. But you put your two coins in and hoped for the best. And then as I got older, I'm like, well, you know, the Bible does talk quite a lot about prayer. So maybe it's supposed to be important. And and I feel like my whole life I have prayed to God. I have done a lot of talking over the years. And it was a couple, oh gosh, I think it was 2022. It occurred to me that there was a verse that I had memorized a long time ago from Jeremiah 17, 9, where it talks about the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That verse had me so hung up for so many years because I thought that I couldn't hear from God because my deceitful thoughts were in the way. I thought that God couldn't speak to me unless I was reading the Bible because anything that would come from my thoughts were deceitful. And this wasn't something that I was like proactively taught. Like I can't blame anybody for it. It was just a misunderstanding of a verse I'd memorized. And I was talking to somebody else recently. They're like, oh, me too. That verse tripped me up so badly too. Because you realize once Jesus enters our lives, we have Christ's righteousness. We have the mind of Christ. And Romans talks about like our minds are being renewed. Like we're being transformed into the image of Christ, which means our thoughts are not always deceitful all the time. And it means that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. Then we can hear what he's saying because he's that close. I'm like, well, this is what a concept. What a concept. I can hear from God. And so one morning it was early, early, like in June. And the like the sun was just barely coming out. You could hear the birds chirping outside the window. I was like, oh, the birds are up. And this... um the Nora Jones song, Come Away With Me. I don't know any of the songs except for that line, just Come Away With Me. It was just like looping in my head. And it was just like, Come Away. And I'm like, oh, that's a song. And God's like, yeah, maybe you should get up. Maybe I want to talk to you. I'm like, is that a thing? Can you just tell people to get up and like go like listen to you? So I went out and sat on the deck. And all of a sudden, everything just clicked of all the things that I had been thinking over my lifetime that I thought were just my thoughts. God was like, no, I gave you those thoughts because I was speaking to you and you didn't know that it was me. This is me. Hello. Let's have a conversation. Let's let's work this out. And I just unleashed a whole bunch of things that I was upset about, including like why my aunt had died because I didn't think she needed to die. And God just gave me this huge sense of you can tell me everything. I'm going to give you peace. Yes, you are hearing from me. Yes, you're not crazy. <laughs> and no, your thoughts are not deceitful. I mean, they, they can be, but they're, they're not like as a rule, always deceitful because they're your thoughts, right? Because again, in that context, this was Jeremiah. So this is a prophet to Israel who was continually turning away from God. That was not written to me in 2022, right? And um, and you realize for all the passages in the New Testament, that's like pray continually, pray without ceasing, like always be in communication with God because he's going to guide you where you need to go. Like we, we um, I was with my mom at, a store one time and they had the the um another jeremiah verse for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord and i got really upset i'm like but if you don't know how to hear from god how do you know what those plans are he might have great plans for you but if you can never hear from him you don't know what the plans are that doesn't help you need to know the one who's making the plans and so i've just been so excited to realize oh wait god is talking to us i think a lot of us um especially if you grew up in like a conservative denomination like I did, can kind of think that like, this is spending time with Jesus. Here he is. Oh, no, he's not here. This is peekaboo Jesus. There he is. Oh, no, he's gone now. And it's like, no, the Holy Spirit is ever present. Like Jesus came to be Emmanuel, God with us. 
and prepared us for the Holy Spirit, who is God inside of us, always going where we're going, always communicating, communing with us because you know, we were made in his image. God is always in communion with himself. He wants that for us. And even since Genesis, like even from the beginning, God has wanted to dwell with man. And that never changed. Like sin entered. And yet that was still part of God's plan. Like sin didn't put God on a plan B. My dad and I were talking about this the other day. Like God has always desired intimacy and holiness. And intimacy bring, means bringing all of us and all of God and there were parts of God's character that we wouldn't have understood had not we been allowed to sin. We wouldn't have seen God's forgiveness. We wouldn't have seen God's grace. We wouldn't have seen his compassion. That's not intimacy if he has like the dark side of the moon back here that we never got to see, right? And and for us to know that we could sin, we could fall away from him and be restored, we would have never known that. That wouldn't have been intimacy. So God is still you know, developing a people who can dwell with him in holiness. And so he's never been off course. And I've just, when you think of the fact that he is making all things new, he is restoring all things. He has given us this ministry of reconciliation of bringing us who are far off. And, you know, God is always drawing nearer. Um, it's just so exciting. So when you're praying and you're just like, oh, okay, this is what your plan was. You wanted to talk to us. You wanted us to hear from you. That's kind of cool. So sorry, that got longer than I thought. <laughs> That's okay. I think that it's such an interesting perspective uh, that I've never really thought of before that if we hadn't, because that's another question I often have. I'm like, well, why did God like let us sin in the first place or create us so that we could end up sinning in the first place? Um, but I love that perspective that even through our sinfulness, something beautiful comes out of that, that we can see a different side of God that we would never have seen otherwise. Right. Um, mm -hmm. his merciful side and his just tenacity to keep loving us when he really doesn't have to. Um, yeah. Um, or in our, you know, in our views of conditional love, like we would stop loving ourselves long, long ago, but God yeah. really is extremely tenacious <laughs> um, in his yes. love. So, that's a really cool thought that I need to chew on more. That was really interesting. Yeah. If you go, I want to say it's Romans. Um, when he's talking about the law, it might not be Romans. I didn't have this in my notes. So I didn't fact check it. But when, when, when he's talking about the law and he's like, is the law sin? No, by no means. Right. And, but the law was the standard. And because there was a standard, it did show that we were different from God. We were made in God's image, mm -hmm. um, but we are not God. And because there was a standard, then there was a potential for disobeying it. And that potential for disobedience also allowed us to experience the full side of God's character. And it, it's really easy to be like, well, God was just being sneaky, right? Like God was just setting us up. No, but how else do you show somebody all the things that you have for them if they're not ever allowed to experience it? Like we knew we were loved. We knew we were created holy, but what is it to know that you were holy and you fell from that and you could be restored? Hmm. Um, that's a different type of love. I mean, you know, when you're married and you're, you screw up or your spouse screws up and you're like, oh, that was rough. But then, you know, there's healing and there's restoration and there's, there's a deeper love because you, you tested how, you know, how, how deep and wide and high the love of God is. Right. So. Um, yeah. 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 That, yeah, 
the more, I mean, I th and I think that is another really awesome example of why we should keep coming to God and growing in intimacy with him because as we kind of like explore these things, I think that we experience more and more about God's character um, for ourselves. And once you experience something for yourself, rather than just being told like, oh, God is good. He forgives you. He loves you. It's one thing to hear that. And it's even one thing to read it. But it's another thing altogether to bring him your whole self and knowing that it is a mess and or that it's angry and that it's doubtful and to still say here and to experience that he still loves us and to say to experience that he still wants us and he's still speaking to us and he has not given up on us despite yeah. how we're feeling. Um, I think that that is really exciting. And the more that what I've experienced is that the more time that I'm spending with God and the more time that I'm experiencing his presence, the more that I want to do it, the more that I feel like I know how good he is and I know his love and I want to be in it in the light of all of that as much as possible all the time because the rest of the world begins to feel kind of like, um, I, I like to liken it to like when you're in God's presence, everything is like in technicolor. And then when you are in the world outside of God's love or not aware of his presence, it feels like everything's kind of like in the like sepia, sepia tones, like mm -hmm. not full color. Right. And we don't even know it. We don't even know what full color is until we spend that time in God's presence. And then we're like, wow, like we thought we knew love, but now we know love. We thought mm -hmm. we knew creativity, but now we know creativity. We thought we mm -hmm. know new hope, but now I really know hope. And then everything that the world can offer just feels like kind of like a dim shadow of what God can offer us. Does that make sense? It does. Well, and, and Jesus uses so many metaphors um, that show that God's love is meant to be experienced, not just theorized. Like when he talks about, I'm the bread of life, I'm the, you know, the living water. These are things that fill you, that satisfy you. Um, you know, those, you know, those who receive me will never hunger and thirst again. Well, yes, your body still needs food and water, but the desires, the deepest things that you're chasing after aren't going to be found aside from God. And, you know, studying the Bible is good if your intent is to know the character of God, but you can study the Bible for years and miss the whole point. And, you know, I used to, I used to read all the time and study all the time. And it finally, I finally realized I wasn't studying to know God. I was studying to know a book. Right. And, and there was, there's value, there's value in understanding history and, and, Greek Hebrew words and, and whatnot. But if I'm not studying to see how God has revealed himself to people, people like me, right? Not, not just special people, but just average, ordinary, boring people. <laughs> um, then I missed the whole point. And so I, I can trust now that, you know, even if I don't read my Bible for a day or two or a week even, and I'm not recommending that, but like, 
if, if, if I, if I didn't pick this up for the rest of the year, I am still spending time with God in prayer. I am still communicating with God. I am still asking God, God, what do you want me to do? And he's like, well, you know, the things to do, you read about it. Now go do it. It's not just memorizing and memorizing, and memorizing, it's putting it into practice. Like God got me to a point where he's like, you know, that verse about like, you know, get uh, rid yourselves then of like bitterness and malice and evil desires and greed and lust and all those things. He's like, yeah, uh, you got some bitterness. And you memorize that verse, but you didn't get rid of the bitterness. So let's work on getting rid of the bitterness. I'm like, oh, okay. And you know those passages about forgiving people? I didn't want you just to memorize them. Like I wanted you to do them. And then your life changes because memorizing scripture is is of some value, but like putting it into practice is actually the point. And then you're like actually start to experience the goodness of God and the blessings of obedience. Because just reading the Bible is is not what God had in mind for us. So. And I think, like, I think there's a balance there, right? Because definitely we're not to, we're not meant to just study our Bibles to gain knowledge and then move on with our lives. Like, the Bible is a tool for God. That is one of the ways that God can speak to us. Like the word, mm-hmm. the word is a lot. Oh yeah, the living book. Um, something that struck me. This is this is one of my this is where I probably should study more is that I read things and I remember them from the the word, but I can never remember where I read them. So I'm like trying to mm-hmm. quote them. <laughs> um, but somewhere in there. I had written down somewhere in about how the Holy spirit speaks to us using, and I want to talk about an article that is coming out with truly from you, actually a little sneak peek. Um, but how the 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 spirit speaks to us using the words and the truths from the bible right so if mm-hmm. we have never opened up our bibles then we are closing down a whole way that the spirit can be in conversation with us because it cannot bring to mind a scriptural truth if we have never put that scriptural truth into our bodies and brains um like I'm constantly, that's one way that I know that the spirit is speaking to me. I'll be going about my daily life. And then in certain situations, a passage of scripture will come into my mind and I'll be like, whoa, <laughs> that, mm-hmm. the spirit is prompting me, right? The spirit is, is telling me something. And I know, A, I know it's God talking to me because it's a thought that I wouldn't have had on my own. Right. Like a lot of times it's contrary to what my natural spirit Mm -hmm. would want or think. It doesn't sound like my voice, um, which is often my voice is often selfish and self-protecting and all of those things. And also I'll be like, I know that that's true because I read it and now the spirit is affirming it in this situation for me. And so Mm -hmm. I think. And the thing is, like every time that we read our Bibles. I find that God illuminates new things for me as I'm reading. Oh, he does. He does. And if you're reading it with the Holy Spirit, it's definitely better than reading it without the Holy Spirit because that doesn't get you very far sometimes. Yeah, I think it's it's wise. Something that I've been learning to do, and I think Tozer talked about this, um, is actually I was reading an interesting thing about A.W. Tozer is that he never graduated from high school. 
Um, and he was like completely self-taught. And he, when he was studying all sorts of works of literature, like, like reading Shakespeare, for example, because he, he, he was very wide and well-read. He would have Shakespeare open beside him and he would have the Bible open beside him. And he would pray that the Holy Spirit would like teach him what was important about whatever it was that he was reading or learning. And that's what he cred he like credited the Holy Spirit for like teaching him these truths and teaching him how to study. And I think that is so cool. And I think it's something that we don't realize necessarily that we can do is that we can ask for wisdom and truth and illumination when we're diving into reading the Bible. Like before we start, we can be like, God, like Show me what you want me to know today about your character. Mm -hmm. Show me how this relates. Like, what do you want me to learn here? What are you trying to teach me? Um, mm -hmm. And how are you trying to connect with me today? And it's amazing how the word is just, there's there's nothing else like it. There's nothing. There's no other written yeah. live like that. Exactly. Well, and what's cool too is even for people who haven't, like I, I have friends who are newer in their faith. and God will quote scripture to them that they haven't read yet. Whoa. And they'll go find it. And they're like, well, that was cool. And, and that's something that I've realized is, um, you know, God, one of the things that we see in scripture is that God speaks and what he's going to say to us now doesn't, is not going to contradict what he's, what he said about himself in the, in the past, but he is not limited. Um, like he's never been limited in how he speaks to people. Like when he, he met with Hagar, you know, when she's out in the wilderness and her son's going to die, like he just speaks. And she was the one who named him the God who, the God who sees. Right. And, um, you know, before the printing press, people didn't have just personal Bibles have like personal quiet time. Like they were taught in community and they were taught things to pass down to their children. Like, you know, teach, teach these things as you're on the road and as you're coming, going teach these things about God to your children, uh, teach them to do them. Right. And um, uh, I don't remember where I was going with this now. Shoot, but um, yeah, God, God, like we are, we are so blessed to have you know all these all these stories of God compiled into Scripture. But it's like even if you didn't have a Bible, God could give you Scripture. You could be on the island over there. He could just download it for you he can teach you stuff and and i didn't used to give him the credit of being that capable of talking to people <laughs> and now it's like whoa like you hear these stories of people in other countries like leaders and they believe different religions and god speaks to them in a dream or in a vision and they wake up and they know it's god they've never read the bible they know it was god and it's just exciting like it, what, what god does and what you're saying is just bringing to mind you know i've been hearing stories of um Muslim men who are having like, this is a whole movement that is happening that I mm -hmm. feel like doesn't get much news coverage or doesn't get much airtime, but it's happening right now. Like Muslim men are having these um, images. God is speaking them to the way that they're expecting to hear from God. And well, they're like, well, this is a new God. <laughs> and Jesus is appearing to them and they know it's Jesus. Yep. And Jesus is saying, mm -hmm. follow me. And they mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. In order for somebody to make that <laughs> 180 of a, you know, like that is a complete 
that is a miracle actually, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, for some yeah. people, so completely change something that is the foundation of their convictions and of their life. And then to, to change, to make that change that there's, that's nothing short of a miracle. And mm-hmm. that is evidence of well, exactly what you're saying that God can, God can speak to anybody. Right. Yeah. In any way he chooses, he chose to speak through a donkey. Like we will not limit him in his creativity there. So. That's, that's right. That's right. Um, and as we're, as we're talking about God speaking, I think I like, we can be assured that God will never, as you were saying, he won't, he won't contradict himself. So like in an upcoming article that you have for the truly co that I loved you um, for anybody who is listening, I keep talking about the truly co. So if for listeners who aren't familiar with the truly co, it's a really, really beautiful print magazine. Um, and it's filled with like faith filled. Jess is holding one up. Thank you, Jess. Mm-hmm. And Jess is a contributor and um, I work as one of the editors on the truly team. And so I get this really cool, um, privilege of working with the contributors and also reading these beautiful submissions from people's lives and um, learning a lot on the way. And so Jess, it is in the upcoming one, right? Your one called Radio Chatter. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the upcoming one. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, I hope it's okay that I'm doing this teaser. That's okay. Oh, That's oh. okay. Um, but you have this really cool piece where you talk about um, whether the voice that we're hearing is, you know, coming from the Lord, or if we're hearing the enemy telling us lies, um, mm-hmm. and you have a piece of, you have a scriptural reference with each of them, right? To mm-hmm. like, whether it's a truth from the Lord, or if it's maybe a lie that we're believing from the enemy, and. Um, I think that's really helpful because if we think that we hear something from the Lord, well, and we're not really sure, like we want to discern whether it's God's voice telling us, well, one way that we can do that is we can say like, God, I think that I heard you telling me this and I'm going to look in my Bible and I'm going to see if it lines up with what you say to be true about yourself here. Um, Mm -hmm. and that is a really, really good way to know, like, whose voice are we listening to, whether it's God's voice or just our own deceitful thoughts or the enemy of our soul that loves to whisper lies to us, um, and tries to get us to trip up so that we can't experience that intimacy with God, because that, um, that is, that is where there's serious power, right? When we're in communion with God. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, there's a book. Um, I want to say it's Jeannie Cunyon wrote, um, don't miss out. And it's about the Holy spirit. And she basically simplifies it to the Holy spirit is here to make more of Jesus. So if, if the thoughts that are coming into your mind are making more of Jesus, it's probably the Holy spirit. If the thoughts that are coming into your mind, make more of you, it's probably you. So that's a great and simple way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, I know like, especially more conservative denominations, again, uh, 
we really prioritize Bible study and that is great. That is, that is, it is super helpful. But we also, I think in that also un underemphasize the Holy spirit and that he is equal part of the Trinity. So I think we think he's a little sus and the Bible is more true. And it's like, well, the Holy spirit is still God. Right. <laughs> so, but if, if you think that the Holy spirit is weird and out there and supernatural and you forget that actually Christianity is a supernatural faith, like, it is kind of miraculous that Jesus was raised from the dead. It is kind of miraculous that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. Like, right. um, and I think a lot of us are just like, I just feel like we need to be so cautious. But the Holy Spirit is trustworthy and he does not confuse us and he makes more of Jesus. So and that's God good news. Not a God of confusion, but of peace. No, he's not. He's not. So I think that that was something I was reminding myself just today. I was I was praying. Um and that's another thing that we can do when we pray. We can remind ourselves of, we can speak scripture back over ourselves um, as we're praying. And then we can wait to see what, like, what God will say. And we can say those things to God. Like, you say that you're the God of peace. Well, I'm not feeling peace. I'm feeling confused. This is kind of going back to the wrestling and the. Yep, and I've had those prayers. Like, yeah, you say this, but I feel like this. And so I'm going to I'm going to be here with you until mm -hmm. I feel peace. I'm I'm going to wait. Yeah, I'm going to sit here and wait. I I've, I've prayed those prayers in the bathroom with panic attacks in the doctor's offices. I'm like, "You say your presence is peace. I do not feel peaceful. I am shaking. I am on the floor about to puke. What is wrong here?" And and I have I have prayed scripture over myself and I've prayed I've prayed, you know, uh, you know, Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my must be in being praised his holy name. Do not forget his benefits, you know, who heals your diseases, who restores your life from the pit. And you go through other people's prayers sometimes too of, okay, God is still good. The situation is not. And yet in his presence, there is peace. And you just kind of wait for your body to catch up. And I think sometimes we think if it's not instant, then it's not true. Like if God doesn't instantly miraculously do it every single time, then he's late. No, he's not late. He watches it. But sometimes because we are God's children, I've realized sometimes he gives us permission to move forward and put feet to our faith and realize that he's got us. He's behind us. But we also have to learn how to act as children of God. We have to act as we have his approval. We have his blessing. We know the right thing to do. And he doesn't like have to hold our hand the whole way through. Like sometimes he just lets us go. And sometimes we have to realize, oh, God wants me to grow in this. So even if my feelings say that God isn't actively doing the thing. My, the, the truth is God is, and I'm going to rely on the truth in this moment instead of the feelings. So, yeah, I'm so glad that you said that. I, I think sometimes, especially when we're experiencing like just really, really heavy um, feelings or struggles with our mental health things can feel like really really dark and we might not necessarily feel god's presence at all and that is mm -hmm. not a fun place to be in nope. um nope i've been there too something that i'm learning though is that when we do get to have these experiences to be intimate with god it's made me realize like kind of like when 
it's nighttime and the sun goes down, right? The sun is still there. The sun is still shining. It's just that the earth has tilted in a different way or spun in a different way. My science is not very strong. Yeah. Um, yep. But the sun is still there. And even though we're on the dark side of the sun, it, it does not change the fact that the sun is the sun mm -hmm. and the sun is shining and the sun is bright and light all the time. Mm -hmm. We experience it differently, but the sun has not moved. And I kind of had this image last week. I was having a hard week and things were feeling a little bit dark. And in my mind, I had this image of like the earth tilting just a tiny bit so that I could just see like a sliver of the sun mm -hmm. peeking through. And it was like enough for me to remember, oh, yeah, the sun is always there. As in God mm -hmm. is always there and he's always light. And he's always good. Sometimes I forget when the earth is tilted on its axis a different way. I think that I think that's a poem that is brewing right there, my friend. I it actually it started as a poem. This that's how most of my thoughts actually start. Um, I don't know where I wrote it somewhere, um, but yes, things kind of come out yeah. as poems, and then I am like, okay, what is the thought that goes with this? Well, and two. I think if if we don't take those hard and heavy feelings to God, like I, I wrestled with depression for a good 10 years plus. And um, I, I'm, I'm well acquainted with the like suffering side of praying and the praying from like the pit. I'm less accustomed to like, oh, things are halfway normal. I still need to pray with the same intensity. <laughs> so um but it's in that space where God's like, are you going to trust your feelings or are you going to trust what is true about me? Because throughout history, my character has not changed. My priorities have never shifted. And what's going to change the trajectory of your life is who you're going to listen to. And our feelings, God has given us our feelings. And my friend um, talks about feelings. They're, they're good. Um, what does she say about them? Uh, shoot, I'm going to butcher this quote. Basically, the feelings have a place to alert you to what's going on, but they're not good leaders. Like you can't lead, be led by your feelings. Um, what does she say? I'm going to have to send this to you because I can't remember. But again, God gives us feelings and Jesus experienced feelings. He grieved when Lazarus was dead, knowing that he was going to resurrect him. You know, he, he grieved when people were hurting and he rejoiced when people were happy and like God allows us to bring our feelings into that space but we still have to submit those like we talked about you know submitting every thought taking that thought and submitting it to Christ you know what am I thinking what am I living in in my feelings because your feelings are you know with your thoughts right your thoughts kind of control your feelings and um you know are our thoughts and our feelings intertwined with the truth of who God is or have we not submitted them to him yet? And prayer is the way we submit those to him and give him space to correct our false thinking a lot of times. So. Mm -hmm. And going back to what you were saying about, you know, Jesus having the full spectrum of emotions too. Mm -hmm. Yes. He wept when Lazarus died. He felt that ex like extreme grief and heartbreak in his soul. And at the same time, he knew the truth of that God could bring Lazarus back to life right he knew that well, god 
And I think that is something that we can look to Jesus as our example, right? Just like Jesus praying in the garden, he's in extreme anguish over what is going to have to happen when he dies on the cross. He's having feelings about this. Um, And yet he still submits to God's um, truth and his authority and ultimately knowing that God is good and that his will being done is the best thing. Um, Yeah. I think that is just a really beautiful illustration of how we can feel our full range of feelings and God is not afraid of that. But at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, we can still come back to the truth that God is good. Even if we're not feeling that God is good, we can base Mm -hmm. our life on knowing that he is. Yeah. And part of prayer is also just praising God for his attributes. And I found that the more that I praise God and I have to intentionally, okay, who have you revealed yourself as in scripture? You know, you are the God who is loyal, who is trustworthy, who is faithful, who is merciful, who is compassionate, who is good and kind and gentle and gracious and all the things sovereign and holy that I, if I start there, if my praise, if my praise sets the tone for my prayers, then I realize, okay, that thing is not good, but God is good. That thing is not good, but God is good. And I have to keep submitting those under the authority of God. And, um, and then you start to look for ways of seeing God's compassion show up, how God's goodness shows up, how God's faithfulness shows up. And you start realizing, oh, if I'm just focusing on what's negative, I'm actually missing all these blessings God is pouring out that I just haven't been able to look at. Right. Right. Oh, I think that's a really wonderful reminder to always come to God first with um, just like how the Lord's prayer starts, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There's a reason why it starts with remembering that God is in mm-hmm. heaven and that mm-hmm. he's on the throne and that he is holy because that's, and that he's our father that changes and how they prayed too. Absolutely. Because that re that gets us into understanding like God's position and our position to him and then it can really structure the way that we think and feel towards God when we're when we're in communion with him and talking with him. Yeah. So Jess, I have absolutely loved having this conversation with you and I feel like we could probably talk about this for at least a whole nother hour. Um, but for the sake of time, um this might be a good place to say thank you so much for coming on this show. Yeah. um, Just thanks for your wisdom and your openness to share uh, what God has taught you about prayer. And um, I know that everybody listening um, is probably feeling really encouraged. And my prayer is just that um, to all of you who are listening right now, that you'll feel encouraged to encouraged and empowered to do a little wrestling with God this week as well and know that um, he is still good and he will still love you whether you what no matter how long you decide to wrestle with him he's still going to love you on the other side of that wrestling match yes and he his stubbornness out stubborns our stubbornness so that's right i think that's a good word to end on his stubbornness out stubborns our stubbornness <laughs> mic drop <Okay. laughs> thank right, you so much have a good rest of the day we'll talk later okay sounds good thank bye. you bye